Listen, I don't have much time, but do you feel like you're going out of your gourd? Are you, do you have the cabin fever? Have you run out of Netflix to watch? If, has the thought occurred, hey, you know what? I can make funny stuff. I've been watching TikTok. I've been watching all the social networks and seeing what kind of creativity is coming out. I could create that. Hey, you know what? I wish they made a podcast about this. Well, you know what? You can make your own podcast. Go to anchor.fm. Go to it, please, right now. Make your own podcast. It's the lazy person's way to make stuff. You can make little segments. Uh, you could put music on there, found sounds, babies laughing, neighbors throwing frisbees, uh, uh, your friends playing guitar. Ah, it's so good. Anchor.fm. Please get this and find me. Inspirato Projecto. Let's be friends. Okay? Anchor.fm. So we are going downstairs. We are going to wait for the Uber driver who will then pick me up and take me over there to Phil's. And then we're going to go play in uh, Dana Point tonight. Hey, Thank you. So he's going to uh, arrive shortly. We will then uh, interview this unsuspecting human, unsuspecting earthling about various, you know, various things in the world. like to smell nice for these folks. You will find me chewing gum quite often. It's great. Jimi Hendrix always chewed gum, even while he was singing. Isn't that interesting? I wonder... Oh! I think that's my... Per, my, uh, That's my person right there. That's the person I am looking for. Alright. Okay. There we go. There we go. Oh. Student Hello there. Great, great. What I'm looking for. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. This is a sharp looking car. Thank you. You're welcome. Looks futuristic. It does. <laughs> is it new? Um, it's actually a 2016. I oh, okay. About a year ago, I got it used. It feels sturdy. It's got like a sturdy rocket aspect to it. Well, yeah, because of the, because it, you know, it's a nice Ford car. Did you uh, grow up out here? No, I actually grew up outside of Philadelphia. Oh, I've heard great things about Philadelphia. It's a great city. I grew up out in the suburbs. And then what brought you out here? I'm an actress. Oh, that's great. What do you like to uh, act in most? I like theater the best. Have you been in some recent plays? Nothing recently. I've, been, was, I've done a couple of readings of a play. Oh, uh, cool. For a local playwright, so that's been cool. Uh, but I kind of do whatever I can get my hands on. 
what's what are some of the favorite kind of plays that you like to do? I like doing period pieces, so I like doing like restoration comedy and stuff like that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Get all dressed up in the corsets and the big skirts and all that kind of fun stuff. That's fun, you know, when you're in the costume, it, it really dials you into oh, that totally. so much. Yep. Yep. That's Especially if you're able to throw a wig on or, you know, some mm -hmm. cr a mustache or something and Yep. Throw on some curls. It's so great um how, you know, once tech nights roll around and then especially the dress rehearsal nights roll around you're just like you you you, you know you really get to dial into those those aspects those, yeah i know it's really fun now you got all the lights around you got the you know the the sound effects and yep all you're looking stuff. like it yep what um what was the last play that you were in what was the name of it? uh the last play i was in actually was called um garbo's cuban lover which was over in West Hollywood a couple years back. Um, I played Salka Vertel, who was a German uh, actress and director who worked with Garbo. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is really cool. So it was fun. Was this a, so this was... So this was a, a, a play that was written by the woman who played uh, Garbo's Cuban lover, who was uh, a woman in the 30s and 40s who was a screenwriter. Um, she didn't get um, credit for a lot of the stuff that she wrote because at the time, you know, men wrote everything, so they kind of gave her pseudonyms, and they did the same thing with Sokka Vertel. But it was a very, it was just kind of an interesting, interesting piece to work on, so that was fun. Was it a history you had known about beforehand? No, not really, yeah. So that did was Did it cool kind of too. send you down a rabbit hole of, like, learning about oh, all this other about, crazy oh, stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, and then watching... Um, German movies that Salka was in, which was kind of fun. That's so great was, that you had that those archives there to be able great. to dive into and, and. Well, these days, yeah, you can get your hands on so much stuff that you couldn't before, so it's, uh, yeah, because um, Anna Christie was in was a, a movie that Garbo was known for here, but she had originally done it in German, which I didn't know. Oh, there wow. were like two versions of it, and Salka was in it with her in the German version of it. So seeing the German version and then seeing the American version sort of back-to-back, -back, it, it was really kind of fun. That is cool. It's so, neat to see their different interpretations of, yeah. uh, of that. And some of the scenes, like, you know, from the, from the play to the movie, sometimes scenes get switched around a little bit. So from one movie to the other, there were scenes that were in the German that weren't in the American and vice versa. And it's just it's kind of fun to just look at that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's interesting when a director decides to add a certain aspect to it that wasn't there before or subtract a certain aspect. Right. Um, it's re really interesting to see how those different interpretations... How they play out and what, how, they, how the characters deal with it and what you learn more about a character from one director's viewpoint than the other. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's what would be a, a most ideal... You were talking about period pieces. What would be a most ideal play that you kind of think about in your brain that you're like, ooh, that would be really cool to do? I love the importance of being earnest, and I've done it. Um, that's a really fun play. I played um, Lady Bracknell in that show, so that's a fun, you know, upper crust, persnickety kind of woman to play, which is great. Um, I would love to do more Shakespeare, but you know, I can't get enough Shakespeare. So I've always wanted to play Lady Anne, Lady Macbeth. 
never did it. I've played other parts in that play, but I've never played her. So that would be fun at some point. But my buddy, on a few occasions, we went up to, uh, there's a free Shakespeare in the park. You probably yeah. know about it. It's yeah. at Griffith Park. Yeah, they do And it is stuff. so fun. Oh, yeah, left here. It's, it kind of sneaks. sneaks. It's a very up. strange kind of thing. So what do you do here? And this loops. Oh, here. So um, I'm actually, the place you're taking me right now, my buddy's going to pick me up. We're going out to, I'm going to band called Yachtly Crew. We played oh, last cool. night at the Viper Room. So oh, if you nice. like live music, you know, I or if do. you if you like, uh, you know, we got a lot of YouTube videos and stuff too. Oh, so cool. it's all soft rock and uh, oh yeah, right here, uh, soft rock classics like uh, Michael McDonald and Christopher Cross and just all love songs, yeah. pure positivity. Everyone who comes out is uh, such such good people, and uh, a lot of wonderful people are making a lot of friends. Um, out there on the dance floors. What's so cool about it is that <laughs> awesome. it spans the generations. So well, yeah, with that got, kind of music, it's great. Yeah, so you're not, there's not, like, no one's there to get into a barroom brawl. They're just there to dance and just have, and just a, have a good time. Yeah. Oh, cool. it's just so fun. It is so fun. That is awesome. Yeah, and it's great to see the community that's building from it. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. It was nice meeting you. Nice and meeting uh, I trust you're going to come across lots of really interesting projects in the future. And, uh, your future self is playing Lady Mac Macbeth. Exactly. Out! Out, damn spot! <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yeah. One there, one there. Dig that, Daddy-O. Thank you. Oh, may I have some ranch dressing if possible? Thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Projectile. So you excited about tonight, Mr. David Bowie? Oh, always excited to be Stillwater, Dana Point. What do you like most about Stillwater? I'm well, curious if it matches up with the same things I like. Well, first of all, they treat us really well here. The food is always pretty good. Oh, yeah. And the fact that there's no cover charge means that anybody can just stroll in off the street. And, yeah. Uh, and it ends up being a wild crowd. Oh, yeah. Which is the way we like it. Yeah, because the music, they'll, they'll just hear it out on the street sometimes. And some of those people out there, they just they follow the music, wondering where w what's going on there. It's just too bad this place isn't, you know, on the sand. Oh, so that way we can really reel in, you know, some of the uh, really real. Oh yeah, really real, really real. <laughs> the reality uh, breakers. What 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 did you have? What kind of food did you have? I had the chicken bon mi sandwich, which mm. is, I believe, what is uh, in front of you for your mm. order as well. Mm -hmm. A lovely mixture of Thai and Asian fusion. Ooh. Very, very tasty. Fusion. Oh, thank Thanks. you. And you know what? May I have some um, some paper napkins, if possible? Thank you. I'm going to have coffee now, too. Coffee yeah, do it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm the most demanding customer in the world. <laughs> we will be back.
doing some uh, sound checking here. Before tonight's show at Stillwater, Dana Point. Of course, by the time I upload this podcast, uh, there's a good chance that the show will have already happened. However, at least you get a chance to to uh, dip your foot into the swimming pool of process. Dip your foot into the stream of consciousness. folks. There you have it, folks. Marvelous, marvelous. A QSC and their rack and everything, and all I do is take the outs and run them to my speakers, and then I, I, I log into theirs, and I got a scene saved on their, yeah. their rig. And setup time, I kid you not, I sh- here's the deal. The gig was over, yeah. and I was freaking pissed off at the band. You know why? Because I actually had to break out one cord and plug it in, 
And at the end of the night, I then had to unplug and roll that cord up and put it away. And I'm like, going, you guys fucked me out of a cordless night by one. I could have had a cordless night. You know? Is that like a no I could have had a cordless I, night. I don't think I've ever hit that one where I've what done bands, a sound gig where I did bands, not run what one. What bands cord. bring their own? Uh, um, it's a country band. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they tour around. They're like a, just a total working guys, uh, stiffs, man. They, they but yeah, they show up with their stuff. Yeah. And, and it's literally, they, they show up and set up a few things and plug in, and then yeah. I plug you know, a couple cords in. I ran a cord because we were, something was short. Um, so I had to break out one cord, mm-hmm. um, and it was probably my fault anyway, but it wasn't them. Um, and then just, yeah, I plugged in with the, the, the mixer, and just, I have, you know, yeah. I built a scene last time they were here. So that's what we're doing. Like every time we set up now, it, yeah. literally they plug it in and yeah. it's go and it's pretty much exactly yeah, where you, it's supposed to be. If you have your own mixer yeah. and all you're doing is sending the lines out and you guys have it all dialed in and set and you can show up in the mm-hmm. minimal plugging in. Everybody's got this cord goes there, so there, there, plug in and go. And you know, yeah. your gig t- Now, eight seventeen p.m. I just had this absurd idea of a guy, like a rich guy, like a billionaire guy, who's just so lazy. He he doesn't even get pushed in a wheelchair. He gets pushed in a gurney. He just lays back and he has people push him places. <laughs> oh my God! They just push him places. <clears throat> Heck, maybe one of his limos is a hearse where they just go, they just wheel him in into the back of this, uh, you know, this hearse, and he just lays back there. And um, what's, what do you think is happening here? Oh, that's not a parking space. No, oh. Drizz, drizz, drizzling, drizz, drizzling, drizzling, drizzling. So, guy, he just has people push him around on a gurney all the time. It smells so fresh out here. And time is now 8.20 p.m. Polly, what time do you think that Yacht Lake Crew plays on the stage tonight? I heard 9 p.m. sharp. So from what I understand, you've been hearing the rumors that we're playing at 9 p.m. sharp. That is true. Is this a popular notion out there in the news, in the headlines? My name is Pauly Shores, and I approve of this message. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first, Mr. Pauly Shores. All the way from the shores of Bermuda. That's right, folks, Bermuda. They found him on a beach, snuggled up in a conch shell. That's right, Mr. Pauly Shores. Here he is today, a world-class surfer. (coughs) When was the last time you played a saxophone while surfing, Mr. Paulie Shoes? Well, I thought I was afraid you'd never ask that question. It was a balmy summer. Mmm. Balmy. Monsoonish type. Ooh. Unseasonal day, Ooh. August 12th, Ooh. 1989. Yikes. No, it was 1978. Whoa. 
Dude, this is crazy. He goes to the doctor and um, shows the doctor and 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 brings in a specialist and that's two doctors are sitting there and they just can't figure it out. Can you tell us a little bit more or maybe something Wow. Dude, she could have a whole concert series which, uh, right where she writes on. So it's now 1.30 p.m. the day after our Stillwater show. We're out here at Westlake Village uh, Yacht Club for the benefit show for Borderline. We're setting up everything. We're at Soundcheck right now. We got Chris, a mastermind sound engineer tech over there on the boards. We got Robin over here helping dial things in. Uh, Twisted Gypsy, Fleetwood Mac tribute's gonna be here today. Can't wait. We're out here right on the water. This it's beautiful out here. When you go outside, oh my God, you can just smell it. it smells so beautiful out there. You got the seagulls flying around. Oh, the smell of the water just swooshing up into the nostrils. One thing's for certain. Today, all of these, like if you look out across the, uh, if you look out across this water, there are all these houses out there in, in the mountains up in the hills and stuff. This reminds me of when we played the uh, the June Lake show where these vibes are just going to go wah, 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 out there into the ears of all these folks that are up in the uh, hills. It's astounding. It's astounding. Pier, Pier 1. Pier A1 astounding. We will get back to you more later.
This app, it's free and it's they distribute it through Spotify and iTunes, all kinds of cool stuff. So it's like I try to simultaneously document what's going on with Yachtly Crew. By the way, I would love While to I'm help out. you guys out. Oh, man. Seriously, no. I mean, look, I I play, so I understand what you guys do. Are uh, you in a band? Um, I play with bands. Sometimes Damien, when he's in town with his band, I'll, I'll play with them. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, that's how I know what, how big that stage is on the Viper. Oh, my God. <laughs> so can you let people know, let's say, if they, if they ever need a... Um, are, would you say you're an entertainment lawyer or specifically yes. music or... Well, I, I run the litigation department at our firm, Jacobson, Russell, Saltz, Nassim, and Delatore. I know it's a mouthful. Uh, I'm Michael Saltz, and I run the litigation department. But our firm does all manner of entertainment. Um, we represent uh, artists, uh, actors, directors, writers, producers, and musicians. Um, in the uh, field of acting, we represent Mike Myers, Tommy Lee Jones. Wow. We've represented William Shatner and Sharon Stone. Um, Music-wise, we represent Ringo Starr, uh, Roger Hodgson, uh, Don Felder, um, and uh, uh, we've had the Monkees. How incredible! We've, you know, it, it's it's great because uh, you know, being a, a, a frustrated musician who's an actual lawyer uh, as as his day job. Um, I get to touch rock history, and that's kind of cool. Uh, I see the old documents, and I get to touch them and see the behind the scenes that no one ever gets to know about. Wow! Yeah, so it's 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 uh, a tough job. It takes a lot of time, especially the litigation part. But uh, the rewards are you 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 get to see things, you get to make history, you get to change history, or you get to um, know everything from behind the curtain and uh, it's a really different view back there I'll tell you that wow. what inspired you to become a, a, an entertainment lawyer uh, well that's really interesting kind of fell into it uh, I uh, originally went to law school because my parents wanted me to take over a family company which was a, a consumer reporting agency oh a credit bureau and uh, when I went through law school, uh, I got out and I started out in the district attorney's office uh, doing preliminary hearings so I could get some trial experience and uh, it was invaluable. The ability to learn to speak clearly in front of people and be in court every day and think on your feet. And then by the time I got out, my family sold the company. <laughs> so uh, it was a good thing I had the skills to be a lawyer and started out with a friend of mine from law school said hey we can start this firm I got clients and it was his idea to uh, stop doing corporate transaction and go into uh, entertainment and uh, a real prominent entertainment attorney by the name of Bill Jacobson 
said, uh, I like your young energy, I like your vibe, and I'm going to come in and join you. And with him came a whole host of experience and, and uh, credibility and uh, clients. And from there, we uh, brought in Bruce Graycal. We have Dale Delatore, who actually, he's not just a great entertainment attorney, but he was the producer of The Sandlot. Oh, cool. And uh, John Q and uh, some movies. So he has, has great stuff. Wow. And through him, we represent um, like comedians like Russell Peters. Um, great guy, funny, super funny comedian. Um, and uh, Sunny Nassim also is in the firm. And through her, we do all the intellectual property for everybody. So we do their trademarks. Uh, and... Uh, I head up the litigation, so when things uh, don't go according to plan or people don't like the contracts that they uh, are in uh, or don't follow them, then I come in and resolve the problem. Who would you say is the first uh, um, uh, actor or musician that you first encountered when you got this job where you go, holy cow, I'm working with this guy. What was that first one? Oh, uh, you know, early on in my career, I did... A transactional deal for Lisa Marie Presley. Wow, right, man. So, and uh, when she was um, selling her home in uh, Hidden Hills and moving to London, uh, I helped with uh, some of the work with that because I have also a background in real estate. In fact, oh, that's cool. That helped out a lot. Yeah, it did. Uh, you know, because of my background with the Consumer Reporting Agency, it specialized in tenant screening. So I knew everything about landlord-tenant law. So much so that I was asked by LexisNexis and Matthew Bender to write the California Landlord-Tenant Litigation Guide. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, so you're the mastermind behind like the, the, the source that everybody goes to to learn what's, what's going on? You're the well, guy? Not who... everybody, but everybody should. But my name is on the cover of the book. Incredible. That uh, Matthew Bender publishes through LexisNexis of uh, all the fun stuff about landlord-tenant litigation in California. I know it doesn't sound sexy, but... It's very important to know about that stuff. Oh, as you know, because people who are ignorant, they're not knowing whether they're going to be taken advantage of or not. Well, everybody rents at one point in their life, whether they're an individual or whether they're a company. And people forget that. Oh, hey, by the way, you too, you sounded fantastic. Oh, wait, you said you were playing, right? Oh, that's great. You, got, you sounded great up there, by the way. I just want to let you know that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, oh, I just okay. had to, I didn't kiss they were leaving. I had to tell them. So uh, it's, it's important because uh, even celebrities mm-hmm. are in businesses where they have rental properties or they're renting properties. All businesses usually rent. Very few businesses own the property in which they, they exist. And it allows us to offer another dynamic uh, to, our, uh, to our base with regard to representing them in a, an area that not a lot of people know about. Wow, that is incredible. It's so cool that you, you were able to combine these, these knowledges together. Little did you realize that one day you'd be able to go, okay, oh, look at that. We got, the, we got the peanut butter and we got the chocolate. Let's make the Reese's peanut butter cup here. Right, <laughs> right? exactly. It, as it turns out, uh, entertainment, the entertainment industry is a business first and foremost. And their laws are the same as everybody else's. It's contract law. Mm. So they have to follow the same laws with regard to formation of their contracts, to the enforcement of their contracts, uh, through the consideration that they put into their contracts. 
so when you bring these uh, resources, basically, to bear to people who are in the entertainment industry, uh, it allows you to provide a certain level of service. Because, again, everybody in the entertainment industry, they have homes. They, you know, they're in real estate. They may have rental property. They have businesses. So just like everybody else, you perform that service to people who are in the entertainment industry. What's your, what would you say is uh, some of your favorite aspects about, about you know, all of it? Uh, the people. You know, as a litigator, I um, have a certain mentality that's a little different than most. Uh, I try to come in and say that this is the way it's going to be and this is a fair way it's going to be. And uh, when I run into resistance, I have the tools and the capability to um, make sure that they change their mind at some point. Because uh, I can apply pressure, I can force the issue, because I rarely, if ever, overreach. And the position that we take is usually the fair one, and we've already thought it through. That is so cool. And when people want to fight back, well, that's, that's uh, not good for them. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where I come in is to make it as an unpleasant an experience as possible to make them come and see the light. And at that point, uh, they'll usually settle or we'll go to court and force them into seeing things the way that we had offered it in the beginning. Oh. And uh, so there's, there's people who enter into the contracts and then there's the muscle who enforces it. Mm. So I run the department that's the muscle that mm. enforces it. And But I still get to hang out with the people. I see people at their best. I see them at their worst. Um, as an attorney, you are also a therapist. Uh, you know, people come in and, and look to you for advice and about everything. Mm. And uh, Is it intriguing to be offering advice to people that you grew up watching on TV? Or, oh, yeah, you know, and you're going, oh, my God, I'm offering, you know, Ringo Starr, for instance. He's asking me this stuff, and I'm offering him this these opinions. Like, that must be very interesting to have that. I, I would have to say my favorite was Donnie and Marie. <laughs> That's great. You know, they... They, they haven't uh, aged a bit. They're still fantastic, full of energy, and they're the nicest people on the planet. They, oh, that's they, they, great. They truly are. Um, and to have the ability to spend private time with them, to see that their persona behind the stage, behind the curtain, is even more endearing and even that's more fantastic. lovely than it is in front. And they're just such great people. So when you, when you get that, when you get clients like that, you do truly feel blessed. So. Yeah, yeah. My mom was just telling me, because she, she runs a, like a, you know, I don't know, whatever the, uh, like an old folks home. So she, she, she helps out with all that. She does the entertainment for that. So she has to take them out to all these different places. And she recently um, took them out to see, uh, it was one of the other Osmonds. I, I forgot what his name is. But the younger, he was like the young, the little guy. Do you remember what his name was? Oh, the little know. brother? Um, I, I know who you're talking about. But it's just about, so funny because yes. she was just in town telling me about that. Now here I am talking with you about the Osmonds. And I, I cannot count on my hand how many times I've actually talked about the Osmonds. And here two times within the past week I've talked about the Osmonds, which is just phenomenal. No, they're, I, they're, they're great. Yeah, they, they even extended a... Uh, when I was in Vegas with my family and, and my mother, we were there for a birthday. They gave us tickets. They took us backstage. That is incredible. Marie gave my mother a tour backstage. Uh, you know, it, it, as I said, they couldn't be more gracious. They couldn't be more nice. Uh, real genuine 
fantastic people. And when you run into that, it's it's great. Uh, and I'm lucky because you know, being a named partner in the firm, I do get to say I don't want to take this case. I do get to say I, I will take this case. And fortunately, um, like all the people that I've had the opportunity to represent, they've been fantastic. Oh wow. Yeah. Are there are there uh, musicians or actors out there that you go, you know, this is my, here's my list of people I would love to work with someday? Um, you know, I, I work with people large and small. Um, I, I've, I've worked on very big cases I can't even talk about. Um, I've worked on cases that I've been outed, uh, where I've tried not to be outed, uh, that have, that were... The, like the pinnacle of press. Mm. Um, Where you tried to kind of remain as the guy behind this, behind the curtain. Well, so I, I, I was at some point. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you who it was, but I remember that my sister called me and, and she said that her friend told her my name at one point was the uh, number four name searched on Yahoo. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, that must have exploded your brain. You're like, wait, I'm trying to be the guy who's hiding. Hiding in the shadows like the ninja, you know, and now all of a sudden people are knowing who I am. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, and, and when you get a private phone call from Barbara Walters wanting to interview what your client, heck? and 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 you're telling her no, I don't. We're not doing any interviews, and and uh, to hear her on the phone and to talk oh her. Oh my gosh! It, it, it's surreal. Going, I just, I just got a voicemail, and I just talked to Barbara Walters. Wow. You know, it, it, you, yeah. You, you just say that 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 is uh, uh, remarkable, but. You, you get involved in this stuff and then you touch history. So the, the case uh, was I represented the maid in the Arnold Schwarzenegger matter. Oh, I don't even know about that matter. But, she, <laughs> so she, but there was a maid and an Arnold Schwarzenegger thing happening. Right, who um, had a son with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. I gotcha, I gotcha. <laughs> and uh, so once it was out who we were, the press had had uh, descended upon the client now so uh, so they really went down the rabbit hole to find out who who, who the team was working exactly. with them and so it, it, it's it's one of those things where you try not to draw that kind of attention and when it's out there you you, you just try to manage it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's history and yeah you realize your name is now etched in there in history uh, yeah 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 because the internet goes you know geez it goes back so many so far back into the into the history right so and that's that's that as I said would well did you find uh, once you found out that you were the top you know top uh, what'd you say top four search names on you <laughs> yeah. did, did you start finding yourself getting more clients or more business out of that I, uh, we got more the people like who is now. this guy yeah we, we got a lot of letters from prison asking for us to represent oh, oh. <laughs> so not necessarily the wanted <laughs> attention but right right um you know, it's hard to say uh, because there's stuff where we wind up in the media. There's there's word of mouth. There's mm. um, uh, we've represented Candy Spelling in a real estate matter. We've represented uh, uh, just a number of people, and it we always think how how do people get here? How do how do they come with us? Because we don't advertise. So wow. so it's it is word of mouth, and and our deeds get passed on from person to person and uh, because they like the relationships that we build with our clients they pass our name on and when people have issues they fortunately come to us and uh, we're thankful for that 
Is that, is that, I would imagine in my brain, it's a tricky thing to try to figure out which case you're going to represent or decide to put your time into. Is How do you do that? Do you just uh, flip a coin or how do you oh. do that? <laughs> well, in, in litigation, it's really the case that's taking, uh, that, that's more pressing at the time. Mm. So when you have a trial date, when you know that's approaching and you know you have a certain amount of discovery you need to do um, or a certain amount of work that needs to happen within a certain time frame, that's the case that takes precedent at that moment. So. Now, you were saying that you're, you're into music in addition to doing uh, being a lawyer. Yes. Uh, as I said, um, uh, frustrated musician, if you could what call you, me that. What do you like to play? I play guitar. Uh, I'm a rhythm guitarist, uh, both acoustic and electric. I started out in keyboards early on in life. And then in about 2000, I made the switch over to guitar. Because uh, for me, you being a keyboardist, you'd understand... My brain doesn't allow my hands to think independently. So on guitar, my left hand and right hand have to work together. Mm -hmm. And that mm. is more suited to my lack of um, dexterity. And uh, love it. Got, got into it, love it. And uh, a good friend of mine is probably one of the most talented people out there. Uh, a mix between Elton John and David Bowie. Wow. Uh, his name's Damien Brell. And I got to play with his band uh, a number of years ago when they were here in Los Angeles, and I got to play all sorts of cool places. Oh, that's great. So I got that playing live experience, and, you know, the loading in, loading out. And, and, oh, yeah, and, all the charms that go with that. Yeah. Do, do, do you have uh, stuff out there that people can hear on SoundCloud or anything like that that you've created? Uh, I That I created, no, but Damien Brell's album's on Spotify and iTunes. It's called uh, Haiku Troubadour. And I played on the album, uh, and uh, as I said, he's just a fantastic talent. So uh, very happy to be a part of that. Now, have you, have you just? You know, I'm sure you have lots of riffs and stuff that you've just go ahead and just recorded on your phone, just to just to have them and kind of you know mull mull over in your brain. Have you done that? N not necessarily. So when I wrote music, it was mostly when I was playing keyboards. Um, when I played guitar. Uh, I haven't really stopped to create my own, especially as a rhythm guitarist. Uh, lead guitarist, I can see just creating different riffs and trying to incorporate it all the time. I try to follow what the music is that I'm playing. So if I'm playing a cover, I'm trying to follow what, what they do there. If I'm playing uh, in someone's band, I'm trying to create a nice rhythmic background uh, behind it, whether it be just through the strum um, not necessarily creating new note patterns on top of it, because in rhythm guitar, you're following the bass for the most part. So uh, I kind of enjoy trying to get more down the technique of timing. Mm. And that's, for me, uh, uh, really key to make sure that always on beat, uh, never trying to fall behind it, never trying to race through it. And uh, for a rhythm guitarist, that's, I think, the most important thing for me. Well, I'll send you a link to, to the podcast. And if you decide you ever want to send me any riffs or anything, I'll, I'll put them onto the podcast oh, and it. put them out there into the world for people to hear. And by the way, I, I wish you guys were playing Nam this year. That I, would be so great. I that would I, be so great. I think you guys have to... I think at some point, that, our future selves are actually playing there. Let, let, it, let, it, let it be heard here first. You got to submit. Oh. All right. So you, you go online and submit. 
but I think you guys should close out Nam. They used to have this oh, '80s fun. cover band that that closed out Nam at the on the Hilton stage late at night. I think you guys would just kill it at the wow. Hilton stage. Uh, get in there and just get all the hard rockers just to just to sing along with you and, and bring that energy. I really, really think if, if anybody from Nam is listening, you got to have Yachtly Crew close out Nam on Saturday night on the Hilton stage. Wow! Thank you so much for saying that. That is so cool. Now, once again, where can people find you should they decide they need a, an entertainment lawyer? Uh, Jacob, special website? Sure. It's uh, www.jrsnd.com. Stands for Jacobson Russell Salts Nassim and Delatory. We're located in Century City. That is great. Thank you so much for talking. This is this is so kick-ass. And I definitely got to... I'm doing a test check on this new microphone. Uh, I don't know what happened to the other microphone. I think you might have heard me talk a little bit about that. So I'm doing a little test here to see how this sounds. And uh, if so, this is this is what we'll be using.